Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Today we're going to talk about all things fitness and I couldn't have a better guest than Akib Khan, someone who is highly passionate about the fitness and nutritional space and is going to give me a bit of his time today to talk about it. Welcome Akib. Hi, thank you. It's, uh, it's good to speak to you again. Again, yeah. <laughs> you kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's becoming a regular thing, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, it is. But um, I enjoy good conversation. I always get that with you. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm honoured, as get always. It. Yeah, let's get it. Um, let's go straight into it, actually. So, I I want to start at the at, at the nutritional side and then we kind of walk uh, upwards towards the training side because I feel like there's two components and both are equally important. Nutrition-wise, people always talk about macros and, and, and calories and all of that. Can we just, like... Take a step back and clarify what are macros and why are they important in the first place? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so macros, uh, if if we if we start from the very fundamental of what macronutrients are, the molecule main molecule structure is a carbon atom with hydrogen and oxygen atoms attached to it. There are four main macronutrients. Uh, those are protein, fats, and carbs. Fats sit at the top with uh, at nine calories. Carbs sit at four calories. And proteins are four calories as well. The fourth macronutrient is alcohol, and that sits at seven calories. So these these are all um, per gram. So nine calories per gram, four four seven per gram. Your body for energy needs protein, fats, and carbohydrates um, to build and uh, maintain its tissues. There are number of places where you can get your fats, carbs, and um, proteins from. Uh, of course, our main source is food. Your body needs energy in order to uh, maintain its tissues. Firstly, one of the primary things, anything left over is used as uh, energy, which is kind of why when you end up eating too much, uh, you have too much left over, your body doesn't really need it, uh, whether it's for maintaining of the tissues or the energy. Uh, so what it ends up doing is it just ends up storing it as fat. Right, so we we kind of worked out that protein, fats and carbs, they're important to you when you're trying to work out, you know, how you're going to eat, like you need to get a bit of those nutrients in uh, on a daily basis. If someone wants to cut weight, how do they calculate their macros? And if someone wants to bulk, how do they calculate their macros? Okay, well, before we get into calculation uh, let's just run through each of these um, macronutrients maybe yeah um so your initially your protein right your, your protein has a, is a base of carbon and uh hydrogen uh attached to it but it also comes with other stuff um such as um sulfur with protein it's base blocks um you, you'll find there's a pattern between protein fats and, and other things here where the, the building blocks of proteins are amino acids. There are 20 amino acids, nine which are like essential. Within those, um, these, these amino acids kind of form a chain which create of proteins. And um, when dieting or otherwise, it's when you have to, when you're considering your protein source, it's very important to think about quality of it. Primarily, when considering protein or any kind of diet, whole foods are the best way forward. If you're, you're looking to get in more essential amino acids, and in order to achieve that, what you need to do is you need to 
get protein in from solid sources such as meats, eggs are, are great as well, but chicken, so on and so forth. Of course, unless you're vegan, then you have other sources such as um, lentils, kidney beans, and so on and so forth. Then you have, well, you also, just quickly to mention, primarily main, main sources of protein are cheese, steak, chicken, salmon, cod, tofu, eggs I've mentioned, quinoa. Yeah, I, I, th- those are like primarily what you want to aim for. A good rule of thumb when it comes to protein is um, one gram per body weight uh, in pounds per day. So if you're if you're cutting or you want you want to be on the higher end of the protein, but um, is one gram per body pound per day is actually uh, sufficient enough for your body. If you eat too much, n- nothing nothing bad really happens. To be honest, um, if if you're lacking in it, then that's where the problem occurs. Because if you're lacking in protein. Uh, your body will break down muscle and other tissues to source the amino acids, uh, building blocks that it needs, and you don't really want that happening to you. But if if you're over, if you overeat, uh, your protein ends up being converted to fat and just stored as well. So yeah, that's your your proteins. Uh, fats. Now, the cool thing about fats is, is um, it they provide more more energy than um, than proteins or all carbohydrates do. Doubling fact because over double more than double because of uh, nine calories per per gram. And fats are contrary to popular belief. Fats are very very important. Um, you have your omega threes and sixes, which uh, you have EPA and DHA. Uh, primarily, the main sources for those are, are fishes, so like salmon, sardines, mackerel, that kind of stuff. And then there's another one called um, known as ALA. The problem with ALA is that you, um, the, the human body is very inefficient in, in converting it to uh, uh, EPA or DHA. And in order to use it, it actually needs to be compared, uh, converted to EPA and DHA uh, because ALA itself isn't uh, biologically active. Uh, but the whole conversion process isn't very efficient when it comes to humans. But a great source for ALA is flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, uh, walnuts, can't really think of any more at the top of my head, but I think those are the main ones. Very useful to have in your, your diet. Just one quick key point on fats is that uh, it's essential for the absorption of uh, vitamins, uh, other micronutrients, um, so, and because the main, what, what fat does for your body is it's the delivery system for, for all of these nutrients. Um, so if, if you don't have any fats in your body, you can't absorb them. So you can when you combine the, tr- the two together, um, it becomes quite important, in, in fact, crucial to um, to weight loss. Everyone loves fats. That's essentially, if, if you go all the way back in time, uh, fats were one of the main sources for energy. It's double energy. People used to have stores of fats. Um, of course, nowadays it's relatively cheap. You can just go to the grocery store and just pick up any fats you want. But it's important to the quality of the fats that you're having. So keep keep it to I'd say um, your nuts seeds are great uh, salmon is is amazing uh, what else do you have and then, and then you do have oils and stuff but um, I would avoid oils entirely it's it's fine we'll, we'll get into the diet portion a bit later but just yeah um, oils are great if you're using them in moderation but don't use too many of them 
if you were to use oil, stick to coconut or virgin olive oil. Um, and then finally, you have your um, your carbohydrates. Now, carbs, of course, a lot of people have uh, made carbs the villain when it doesn't need to be. Everyone, I think, in, in reality loves carbs. Um, in my opinion, they are the backbone to a healthy diet. Um, and you can mostly get them from plants and um, uh, different sources. Um, the main basis of a carb is, again, carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen. And then you have different force, uh, forms of it. You have glucose, you have sugars, starches, and all of that. And then you have refined carbs. So refined carbs are like your bread, your your white pasta, th- those kind of things. The problem with um, refined carbs is that they don't really have any uh, main, any essential amino acids uh, attached to them. No, I mean, oh, sorry, not amino acids. Um, like any any essential like nutrients. It does. They do have your standard kind of calcium iron fortification but um for the most part um they're, they're not very useful you're, you're kind of just um putting into your body something that's almost essentially void of uh any nutrients um, which is why they tend to tell you to stick to complex carbs such as um, brown rice uh anything whole wheat sweet potatoes stuff like that uh, they're better for you. They're more nutritious, um, and especially when it comes to just overall weight loss, they'll, they'll be they'll work better. Uh, but with all of that said, it, it it doesn't matter too much. Like you can still lose weight uh, with your refined carbs, but just for the efficiency of your body and its internal organs and and just the entire system as a whole, it makes sense as to why you would rather stick to um, uh, whole carbs, complex carbs. And yeah, I, th- I think. Um, the main carbs here, whole grains, beans, uh, veggies, fruits, greens. Um, and just one other thing to point out when it comes to carbohydrates is fiber. And fiber is really important. Um, you have two types. You have soluble fiber, which um, is beneficial bacteria for your gut health. As it says in the state, that particular statement is your gut health is, is crucial. And then insoluble fiber, which essentially helps um, move the waste through and make it easier to go to you know, the toilet, uh, which I can't stress is, is just as important. But yeah, so carbs carb should definitely be in your diet, uh, especially to in- increase the intake of fiber. So we know, oh, we, know, we know that those, so those are the macronutrients that we need to pay attention to. And the examples that you gave are some of the sources or some of the best sources for, for where you could get those macronutrients from. Now, if we go back to the question of if someone's now trying to plan out how to cut and how to calculate the calories and macros or how to bulk and calculate the calories and macros, how does someone go about it? Okay, so let's let's begin with cutting. So just to uh, kind of, I guess, simplify it for everyone, because I, I just want to just kind of highlight that fact that it is... It is fairly simple. It ultimately comes down to an equation of energy in versus energy out. Right. Your body is just like any other machine. The amount of energy you're going to put in, you'll use up. Uh, whatever's left over gets stored as far. And vice versa, if you put less in, then more gets used from your initial fat stores from like the previous day or week or, or wherever. Um, 
there are two ways of actually going about cutting for for some anyone listening. So first, you have to calculate your your total daily energy expenditure. That is uh, essentially how many calories you burn on a daily basis within given twenty four hour period. Um, when you're essentially doing nothing or you're just your, your daily regimen. There's two ways to calculate this. Um, the first way is there are a host of um, calculators online. So what you can do is uh, essentially go online, Google um, TDE or IIFYM, um, or just cal- just Google macro calculator. I'm sure something will come up. Um, building these calculators just quickly on the back end is, is fairly simple calculation. So it's, it's very rare that someone can, can mess it up. But once you find a calculator, you type, you fill it out, uh, which is usually your height, your body weight, uh, your age, um, and then it will give you what, and your activity level, and then it will give you what your, your total daily energy expenditure is. If you'd rather do it yourself, then uh, one method that I tend to use is I take my body weight in pounds, I um, multiply by 10, and then I use um, a decimal, which is either 1.1, which is uh, not active at all, 1.2, which is um, slightly active, uh, 1.3, which is um, kind of lightly active, 1.4 is um, active, and then 1.5, which would be um, very active. So depending on where you are on that scale, you, you pick one of those numbers, so 1.1 to 1.5. For example, myself, I tend to go out for, for walks quite often. Uh, I do go to the gym quite a bit. Um, so just accounting, I, I, I put myself at, at uh, likely active. So it's nothing too crazy, maybe even just active. So I would use 1.4 for myself. Um, so you you have your pounds per body weight um, calculation. You multiply it by 10, and then you multiply again, that, that entire sum, by um, 1.4. And that would give you your um, total daily engine expenditure somewhat. Um, one thing to keep in mind here, though, is um, it's subjective. It's relative to everyone. Everyone is completely different. Uh, whatever the online calculator gives you, uh, it could be correct. It could be wrong. So what you have to do is within those first two weeks is what I recommend is um, you kind of just play around with it. So whatever figure you're getting from an online calculator or you're, you're doing yourself, you, you take that figure and you kind of just diet for a week or two to, to figure out where you are actually sitting in terms of your weight loss so if on that maintenance level you're actually losing weight and you're losing a decent amount let's say one pound per week then you know you're already in deficit. but if you're just stagnant and you're not losing weight or gaining weight then you know that those are your maintenance calories and, and whatever the figure is is correct then in order to cut um you have two ways of um when, when calculating it you've got your calories so far, we haven't worked out our macros. What we'll do is we'll, we'll get to the macros next. So, uh, but before getting there, we want to figure out whether we want to cut or bulk. Uh, if we want to cut, we want to reduce the calories by uh, three to five hundred. I personally prefer starting off at three hundred calorie reduction, um, simply because um, it gives me more room to work with uh, later on down the line. A key point to remember here is that um, it takes approximately 3,500 calories uh, in order to burn one pound of uh, body weight. Um, so with your deficit, you want to be trying to hit, if, if your aim is a pound per week, 
max uh, 2.2 pounds per week would be recommended. You don't want to, that, that's per kilo. So you don't really want to be losing more than a kilo a week, week unless you're, you're extremely overweight. Then I think at, at that point, it, it's okay. Uh, but for a nice, clean, good cut, one to two pounds a week is, is sufficient. So you can either create the deficit through cardio or through calories. If you, if you stick to, we'll get into cardio a bit later, as you, as you said already, Eric. So uh, we'll stick to calories for now. So you could reduce your calories by three to 500. If you want to get most of your um, deficit from, from food, bearing in mind um, a deficit by a diet is, is crucial here. You can't, uh, I, I've seen and I've test, tested this myself, just trying to create the deficit via cardio entirely. People, for some people in my work, like I said, this this art is very subjective. So um, I I stick to creating most of your deficit through your calories and supplementing it with your with your cardio. Because from my own experience, um, when I've tried to create it through cardio entirely, it, it doesn't always work out. Not it's not as as effective as I've done so through my diet. And I'm sure Eric, you, you might have tested this yourself as well. But you reduce it by 500 calories, and that would be your your deficit um, amount. Similarly, if you're trying to bulk, uh, you could in, you increase your calories, so you need to take in more uh, food. But when it comes to bulking, I'm an advocate of uh, the lean bulk rather than a dirty bulk. But dirty bulk just, quite frankly, just doesn't make sense. You end up um, putting on more fat than you would muscle. And you could put that same amount of muscle on, uh, provided you were to lean bulk anyway. So uh, in my in my opinion, why would you go the other way? By the way, whatever you prefer is completely up to you. But to lean bulk, uh, increase the calories from that maintenance amount by 300 and uh, you should be good to go. Now, when it comes to actually um, calculating your macros through your calories, is uh, so you, you could go around about this a f- quite a few ways. Um, you have a percentage split between carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, or you have um, more of a ratio split. If you were to go for a, a, for a percentage split, split, which is probably one of the best ways to go for, of course, this is all completely subjective on the diet you choose. Uh, if you if you're going for like a ketogenic diet, uh, so a keto diet, then um, you would aim for higher fats. So 75% of your calories would come entirely from fats. The rule of thumb for a ketogenic keto diet is essentially essentially to remain under 20 grams of carbohydrates in order to achieve a state of ketosis, and that to takes around about 72 hours, although can be different for different individuals. But if we stick to uh, just a standard diet, I, I'm personally an advocate of, um, I love my carbs, so I go I go for a high-carb approach. Um, I have tested the others out briefly, um, not extensively. I've read up on them quite a bit, uh, quite, a, quite a lot of scientific studies out there, but um, ultimately, I, I prefer high-carb. So I go for 35% protein, um, 25% fats, uh, and then um, 45% uh, carbohydrates. Now, some people might recommend 20% fats. The reason I go for 25% is simply because um, as you get further into a cut, you might want to decrease your calories further. You might plateau at some point or a- anything could happen really. But primarily, once once you do plateau and you're not dropping weight for like at least a week or two, um, that's the point where it's, it's a good indicator for you to decrease your calories a little bit. At that point, you can either drop 10 to 15 grams of carbs 
or you could decrease your fats as well. What that 25% does is it allows you to take a little bit more of your fats um, than your carbs if you prefer carbs. Vice versa, ultimately you could just uh, decrease the carbs as well because you have a nice amount. Um, proteins is one thing that doesn't change throughout. So that 35% protein needs to be at least 0.85 to 1, 1 gram per pound body weight. Um, that, that's a great just rule of thumb to follow. Um, and that wouldn't change throughout. And and so, from from here, what you said is, if I went online and in the calculator it turned out that my maintenance calories is twenty one hundred, if I wanted to cut, then I would probably start off by taking away three hundred calories initially. So, say for example, I'd start off at eighteen hundred calories and then see how that goes for the, ne- the next two weeks for example on that 1800 calories and if i am indeed losing weight ever so slightly that means i'm in the deficit and if i wanted to go the opposite way if i wanted to bulk and my maintenance is 2100 if i started conservatively by adding 300 calories so that i am bulking with 2400 calories and then monitor it for the first two weeks and if i am indeed increasing the weight ever so slightly that means i'm in a surplus and so that's sort of the 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 basic idea of how you work out how to bulk or cut within your diet right yeah awesome and with with all of this so it's you know you've explained the calories you've explained the macros and the splits that you can do obviously the common factor is the protein has to be high on both the bulk and and the cut if you want to maximize muscle building and one thing that we haven't covered yet is how do we track the calories (laughs) and i think that's probably important because it's all good and and done having it calculated and knowing what to do but then how do you actually go about tracking those calories that you're intaking day in and day out do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, calorie tracking, uh, calorie counting in general is is quite important. So the way I see this is uh, there, there's two ways to go about it. You have your general calorie counting or you have, I, I do just want to touch upon quickly, uh, intuitive eating. Uh, some people don't like counting calories, which is perfectly fine. But in order to be able to intuitively eat you need to be able to refine those signals you're getting back from your body that okay it's okay to eat a certain amount but at the same time if you're trying to achieve some kind of fat loss goal following an intuitive approach unless you're, you're very good at it and you've been doing it for a long time wouldn't be ideal but let me just say quickly it can be done um but calorie counting crucial uh, in my opinion i've been doing it for, for a very long time um, I just like tracking my macros in general, even even during like an off season. Um, sometimes I don't do it, but for the most part, especially when I'm cutting, I, I definitely do track my calories. Um, there are a number of tools out there. Um, the one I personally use is my fitness pal. It's something I've used for well over a decade. There, but I'm sure um, if you just Google an app or go to the app store, you'll, you'll find something. I mean, there are tons of these apps nowadays. Well, with my fitness pal, uh, you're able to scan barcodes uh, for any and pretty much all fine kinds of foods. I've really come across foods that um, that, that aren't on there, 
And if anything isn't on there, then I just find something similar and kind of guesstimate um, the amount I'm eating. And that'll give me uh, close enough calories. What I tend to do, though, um, if I'm, say, for example, you've gone out, I just overestimate on the calories. That way I'm I'm safe into the deficit if I am cutting calories. But when it comes to counting, just uh, find, find an app that you like, uh, one that you can use. You can set your, your calorie deficit within the app so it can track it perfectly. You can also set your macros. So when I gave you that um, a little percentage split for your macros, uh, you can actually type in how many calories you're having for per day. Um, you can um, I, you can set the split as well per percentage. And then as you put your foods in, it'll, it'll kind of tell you or how many fats you've hit for the day, how many carbs and proteins, how many you have left over. And you can use that to just go by your day by day. And then with that, it, it gives you that sense of knowing as well because like you said you can do it intuitively i've done intuitively before but right now i'm at a phase where i'd rather just track it to be more accurate and more confident with the fact that this is what is going into my body uh i guess if people really wanted to be super um super into tracking it as well you can get like uh, weight uh, scaling thing like what's it called um, you can get the scale to weight your food as well and then just input it in my fitness bar how many grams and then it'll kind of just work out for you that's so, something I've been doing recently so rather than just scanning barcodes I, I do like actually weight my stuff um, oh um, yeah just, just quickly on that um, the scanning the Barcode only brings up the food. I'm sorry, I, I uh, kind of uh, went, went past that bit. Um, yeah, um, of course, you do, you do need to be weighing your foods because on my fitness pal, it's um, you scan the food, but it, it tells you, all right, there's a per portion, right? A 100 gram portion or whatever. Um, you can search for particular portions as well. Um, so, like, uh, for example, uh, you could type in white potatoes, 100 grams, and that generic white potato for 100 gram will come up, uh, which is perfectly fine. What I tend to do is uh, weigh your food. Now, the question comes in here is, do you weigh it raw or do you weigh it cooked? And in my personal opinion, and I've, I've done both ways um, over the years, I prefer raw because you can't always account for the amount of water that's going to be um, lost uh, throughout the cooking process. And the weight can fluctuate. So, for example, if you have 300 grams of chicken and you put it in raw, you know that those that's 300 grams of chicken raw whether it's cooked or not it will always be 300 grams of chicken raw and then once you cook it um it depends on how long you cook it um if you cook the chicken for 20 25 minutes you'll find that it's still quite um quite moist so it's retaining a bit more water and and as a result you'll find that it weighs a bit more but then if you continue cooking it for another five minutes you'll find that the weight has decreased drastically so i always go for um, weighing whatever it is raw and then putting it into my fitness bowl and then I just copy it after. Uh, um, but yeah, always, always weigh. You, you'll find out as well, like for example, I found this out recently with the rice. When you, so weighing my rice raw and cooked and then mm-hmm. when it is cooked, it's like the weight has drastically increased. <laughs> it's like It's like a 2.5 times the uncooked weight, which yeah. is 
pretty interesting and yeah you learned the hard way but yeah, um so it's just something to be aware of you if your basic starter pack for anyone that's listening that wants to track their calories seriously is literally just my fitness pal and a food scale the small food scale and that would literally just do the job for you now moving on to a bit of a interesting conversation cheat meals or cheat days let's talk about that because i feel like that there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about about that and how to go about it again this is going to be subjective and dependent on what type of diet are you on or what is your goal and what are you training working towards but just assuming and going off the basis that it's someone trying to just stay in shape right and trying to achieve some sort of goal how many like how strict do you have to be with your diets and how many cheat meals are okay to have per week what's 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 the what's the gist here keep okay so before yeah if, if I take a little step back here and on the diet itself, now there are, when it comes to cheat meals, first off, uh, determining how many cheat meals I have in a, in a, in a week is completely subjective to your situa- situation. If you're competition prepping or whatever, then um, of course you, you don't want to be having um, so many uh, cheat meals. But if you're trying to get beach lead and you're making progress, then, then it's okay. But with that all said, um, what I personally uh, follow and have always followed is it's never a fixed diet plan. Um, I do tend to meal prep now and then if, if I have an idea of what I'm going to be having throughout the week, but and just just for convenience. But um, I follow a um, if 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 it fits your macros approach, uh, and within that, um, it, it's more of a flexible dieting approach. Um, there's a protocol of eighty twenty percent, which is eighty percent come of your calories come from good sources um so those are your complex carbs your your good sources of proteins and your your solid sources of fats um and then um the other 20 percent is essentially this is by the way for a daily basis uh, the other 20 percent would be uh, it could come from absolutely anywhere it's, it's essentially a, a method trying to help you to adhere to your diet in the long term um and what that 20 percent does is that if you want uh a bar of chocolate, for example, or a piece of chocolate, you can have a, um, depending on what your 20% calories are, you can eat essentially anything you want. Uh, but, it, but it helps you to um, kind of remain consistent um, with your diet. Um, but with that said, um, the flex, for myself, the flexible approach is, is the best way. Um, if you were to incorporate cheat meals into that. Uh, if you're following in a flexible approach, you'll find that you don't need to be eating chicken, broccoli and rice multiple times a day, every single day. Uh, there's just no need. You can add flavor to your foods. Um, again, subjective to your situation, but you can add flavor to your foods. You can spice it up. You can add a few sauces and stuff, condiments, all of that stuff. You're just going to be able to account for it in your macros. And if you're able to do that, then you can eat essentially practically anything you want. Like I have recipes for high protein pizzas um, and all sorts. And those that essentially I can consider as a, as a cheat meal. So w- with that all said, my philosophy is that there are no cheat meals. Every day is essentially a cheat day, but 
it's it's all kind of done within moderation and it's because it's i can still eat the foods that i enjoy uh, i it's essentially every day is a cheat day until until you get towards the end of the cut and the further you get to a cut the more restrictive you have to be the more more you have to control what you're eating the sources of foods um again if you're trying to get lean you just can't be having burgers every single day or pizza and stuff the beginning is a bit more easier uh the further you get you have to either have just one one meal a day or putting in a cheat kind of gets difficult then it comes down to on a weekly basis in my opinion if you've had a good week um one meal and i'm not saying one day here i mean one meal is fine to cheat um some people kind of just tend to be great and good for five days so your monday to friday you are amazing with your diet and then you get to the saturday and sunday then you end up binging for the weekend and you just kind of undo all the progress you've done throughout the week um which is just you know like it's not ideal um you'll you'll never get anywhere if you keep doing that but for adherence and consistency um i think uh, and just general mental health here the strain on the mind is it makes sense to incorporate at least one cheat meal uh, in the week and that could be at any point it's completely down to you whether you want it at the start of the week or at the end of the week on the weekend wherever of course um there are certain times here where your your mind is probably thinking more about food so for example on weekends you you do tend to like pick out a bit more uh, you're chilling you're probably doing nothing you want to repeat or you want to go out with friends so so stuff like that oh, essentially will um determine how you make that decision uh but one cheat meal in a week is actually perfectly fine um alternatively you you could just coin it a refeed day uh but just to make people sure on a refeed day you just essentially um increase your carb intake by 125 grams but otherwise cheat meals i'm i'm all for them uh, i i think they're quite quite important i don't think we should restrict ourselves to a point where um you're just no longer enjoying life food is a part of life and you you should enjoy it um 100% but just keep your goals in mind i think um it's just yeah I was about to say just make sure you're not undoing all the progress by binge eating on that weekend just have that cheat meal that you looking forward to and also it's like kind of like what Akeep said which is if you can fit it into your calories for the day that's perfect because it's it's like as long as you're not going over your calories if you having something more light earlier during the day that allows you to then have that cheat meal that is full of calories in the evening then that works just fine just find what works for you but like i keep said for your mental health as well don't restrict yourself of everything because it's not sustainable but do keep your goals in mind and try and plan around your lifestyle i guess now with that akeeb one thing i wanted to ask you about is intermittent fasting heard a lot about it i wanted you to explain to everyone listening what is intermittent fasting and what are the benefits of it this is a that was actually the perfect segue because as we were speaking about cheat meals and um flexible dieting and stuff intermittent fasting was at the forefront of my mind uh, as you can imagine um I've been an advocate of this protocol for a very long time. It is as as I just stated, it is a protocol. 
Well, it's also ultimately a tool to be used. Uh, it's no special magic trick. I just want to want to kind of like put that out there for anyone actually just assumes that intermittent fasting is just some super, like magic trick or some 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 type of sorcery where it helps you lose weight uh, at a rapid pace. No, it does not. Um, it's merely a tool that you can use in order to define the hours in which you can eat and not eat um, to and essentially aid you towards achieving your your weight loss or fat loss goals. Uh, so with intermittent fasting there are two main it's different for everyone but a, a standard method is you fast for 16 hours and then you have an eight hour eating window now I, i'm going to try and i'm going to tie this back to the cheat meals but before we just get into that um in intermittent fasting people sometimes tend to have one large meal and one smaller one or two medium sized medium to large sized meals it's completely up to you how, you how you want to do it. Myself, I differ from day to day. It, it quite literally means um, just go. I, I go based off um, how I'm feeling. So some days I might just wake up and uh, I'd fast for the first six or seven hours. If, if I wake up around about 7 a.m., I'd fast until about 1 p.m. or 12, which is when I'd have my first meal. Now, if I'm planning a large meal towards the end of the day, so for example, like cheap, you could coin if you want to coin it a cheap meal. You can coin it a cheap meal if that's what you're doing. Uh, but on a on a regular basis, even if I'm have, planning a very large meal, such as a a protein pizza or or a steak with potatoes or whatever it may be, I'll put those calories, the amount of calories I need for the evening, just aside for that. And then for the for that first meal, I'll stick to something light. Maybe have a protein shake throughout the day. A few, of course, snacks and stuff like fruits and vegetables. Uh, vegetables are great for increasing your volume in your food, especially if you're having um, a light, low calorie meal in the morning um, uh, or in the afternoon. Uh, what you want to do is say 100 to 200 grams of chicken, which is you're getting your protein in and it's a good source of protein. Uh, and then a hell of a lot of veg just to boost that volume to keep you full, get your micros in and of course um, your fiber as well. Um, so those are key points. And then, and then at the end, in the evening, you don't have to think too much about your protein because you've got most of it in. But of course, you'll still have protein in the in the meal. Um, but then you can be a bit more lenient on all the other things. Um, but that again, you can. It's completely up to you. You can within the eight-hour eating window, you can eat as many times as you want, but as long as you're adhering to your your overall calories. But the key point here with intermittent fasting is you just make sure. Uh, you keep in mind that it's meant to be used as a tool and nothing else. Um, once you hit the eight-hour eating window um, towards the end, uh, that is essentially when you stop eating. So for myself, just a quick run-through of the day. Wake up 7, first meal at 1. My last meal will probably be around about 7 p.m. Uh, in between, I'll have a snack, and uh, that would be my total calories for the day. Interesting. So... You, do you do intermittent fasting often or just every now and then? Um, so for me, it's been a part of my lifestyle, um, habitual even, you could say, um, for, for many years now. Um, I can't, I, I, yeah, I, I've, I mean, there are, there are times where if I'm going out with friends and whatnot, uh, for, for if it's like, for example, breakfast, um then then i'd eat i do kind of, i do enjoy breakfast uh, now and then uh but for the most part i do tend to just eat a bit of fast um 
another great thing here to remember here is um, uh, methods in which you can uh, subdue your appetite. Uh, caffeine is great here. So um, uh, one thing to remember is you will remain in a in a fasted state provided you do not go over um, 40 calorie consumption. So stay under 40 calories and you will assuredly remain in a fasted state. Um, so, so here, great thing is um, zero calorie energy drinks or like just zero calorie carbonated drinks are actually quite great um, for kind of pushing you over the edge. Say if you are getting a little hungry in the morning, um, just, just have a Monster or, or, a, or Pepsi Max. Uh, that should help out quite a bit. Um, and of course, just general caffeine, um, having a cup, cup of like black coffee uh, will be great as well. Um, of course, not everyone likes black coffee, so you could put um, a, in milk, milk is a little different, a little difficult here. You could put a tiny bit maybe, um, but, but it does kind of add up with the calories after like 100 mil is easy to pull. Is what I'm saying, um, but you could use sweetener here, which is low calorie, um, to kind of sweeten your coffee as well, and, and that helps um, pushing you over towards uh, towards that first meal. And then once you get that first meal in, you're a bit more. You, it's easier to control the fast. I see uh, intermittent fasting being useful in the in the scenarios that you mentioned, like for prepping for a cheat meal. I think that's <laughs> that's super useful because by not having certain calories earlier in the day allows you to have like the bigger calories in the evening if you were to have your cheat meal in the evening for example so i think that's pretty useful now just to kind of like go into a another segment of the podcast it's called the what's question segment it's basically a set of super rapid fire questions they have no correlation to the episode there's no storyline for it it's just questions to get to know you a little bit better random ones just a bit of fun before we continue the rest of the episode uh are you ready for it yeah let's, let's, let's do it right would you rather have no phone or no internet no phone yeah <laughs> i thought so yeah fair play right <laughs> are you a pizza person or a burgers person Burgers. Okay. I do like both, but burgers win ultimately. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, to be honest, I I, I do think you'd say that. You you may every time I've seen your stories, it's always like you making some nice burgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Next one would be what's your favorite muscle group to train? Uh, it would be my my favorite would be oh man, so hard. Uh, ultimately, I, I love the push session and a pull session. Chest, go for it. Chest wins. Nice. Are you a coffee or a tea person? Coffee all the way. But uh, but I do love my I do like my teas as well. What type of coffee? Oh, uh, my mood differs to differs, but my my ultimate favorite drink for for coffee, if I have no restriction, is probably uh, mocha. Uh, most specifically, the white chocolate mocha with oat milk, as you might know. Uh, from yeah. Starbucks as a is something special. You, yeah, you you got me to try it once and it it actually was banging. I won't lie to it. Um, yeah. So Starbucks or Costa? Starbucks, Costa is absolute cost. Okay, no, no, it's not. 
Costa's sick. All right, let's not we'll talk bad about my boys at Costa. Uh, I'm not taking that. Um, okay, Starbucks or Tim Hortons? Uh, you know what? The Tim Hortons French vanilla is uh, something special. It yes. Is. It really is. It's, uh, yeah, Tim Hortons is very good. Right. Now, what... What what would you say if tomorrow you won the lottery? What would you do? What would be like the first few things you'd do as soon as you did win the lottery? Well, the first thing I'd probably do is just invest into the companies I'm running, uh, with most things, uh, and then I'd uh, probably buy some buy a house or an apartment somewhere um which could turn into a future investment but primarily just to live in uh, my main investment area would be my companies and uh, probably research areas uh where else probably but mm, maybe a car for fun and then i'd earmark some of it for traveling yeah nice what is your favorite hobby oh I don't know if you'd actually consider this a hobby, but it, quite literally researching. But actually, you know what? Walking is probably my favorite hobby. I do just enjoy just going for a walk, either just in pure silence, which means like no headphones kind of thing, or most of the time it is just uh, throwing an audio book or a podcast and or just get onto a conversation with someone and just walk and just talk. We do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. The, the amount of episodes that we could have drawn out of, <laughs> like, you guys have no idea how many conversations, yeah. like lit conversations, me and Kiba have yeah, on walks. Yeah, me and uh, Eric. Just quickly say we do have some amazing, amazing conversations. I always enjoy them. So I always learn something new as well. So it's always cool. I I need to find a way of like recording the phone call conversation so that we could have done like a hundred episodes i swear to you i'm not even joking i mean we could do you know um there's a there's a bunch of apps uh you know take you've got a uh, speech to text uh so like offer ai but they also ultimately record your your speech so we could both record on both our ends and just like kind of combine it together but you know <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like the natural vibe to it not knowing yeah. that there's no recording to it but uh, you, know, you never know i have to try it you never know and the final question would be what's your go-to food like and there, there's two parts to this question one what's your go-to food when you going out to eat and two what's your go-to food when you actually at home cooking yourself Okay, so my the thing about me is um, I cook a lot and I cooked across a myriad of uh, cuisines. Uh, so it's all subjective to what I'm feeling on the day. Uh, my my moods, my feelings do shift shift around quite a bit. So I quite literally just go with the flow. Uh, but just quickly answer it as a quick fire. Uh, whenever I go out, it's auto- ultimately going to be either a burger or a steak. Uh, and same as ho- at home, if I'm finding it difficult to figure out what I want to eat, it's either burger, steak, or like, um, you know, some some half 
or full pay-per-view chicken with some like creamy mash and some some chips or like roasted potatoes, you know. Right, making you hungry, bro. Awesome. Yeah, I'm making myself hungry. <laughs> back, back to the episode. So that was that was that for the segment. Let's talk about training. We we've covered on the first half the nutritional side and how people can work out their calories and the macro split and how they can put themselves in in a maintenance in a cut or in a bulk. Let's talk about training, which is pretty much what most people would talk about when they talking about their fitness lifestyle and whatnot. Let's start by defining the different types of training. We could talk about strength, hypertrophy, and volume. Do you want to give an overview on those? Yeah, so um, the different types of training. Um, so, yeah, the, the main things when it comes to training you want to focus on are whether you want to train for strength, uh, you try for, for hypertrophy or volume. Now, there's, there's, okay, so there's a lot of research around this uh, to kind of um, say what's better. Uh, just to quickly um, touch upon this, and this this applies to both um, whether you're training or whether you're dieting. Um, scientific the scientific research in, in the field of nutritional training it's quite extensive, but also not as accurate as people might think. Um, it's accurate in the sense that the the data gathered from subjects participating in a study and the overall um, conclusions derived from the study, but what one key thing to remember here is that when it comes to nutrition and training, all aspects are largely subjective. Um, it's it's relative to you. There's essentially no cookie cookie cutter program that can be applied here. There's no size one size fits all. Uh, everybody, just as every mind, is unique. Therefore, uh, the study uh, to be conducted needs to be uh, an end of one, uh, with you being your own subject. Uh, you need to find what works for you. Using studies as essentially a guide is great. But when it comes down to it, you can use these studies to trial and test uh, different methods um, that, that are used in the studies to achieve um, similar results. Um, this ties back to whether a hypertrophic uh, training approach would be good for you or not. Um, but like I said, large amount of studies do prove that for building good quality muscle, following a, a hypertrophy volume approach is definitely a great thing here to do. But one main thing to um, consider here and the primary thing to remember when it comes to um, wanting to build muscle is uh, progressive resistance. Uh, you need to be able to progressive progressive overload uh, on the muscle, which means essentially week by week you're lifting more than you did the previous week. Um, and if you are doing that, whether it might be through the the amount of weight you're lifting or the total sheer volume of the weight you're lifting, you can be assured that you are actually, in fact, gaining muscle slowly but surely, um, just using that as, as a single data point. Um, I've trained, my, my favorite way of training has always been for strength. Um, if you're training for strength, uh, what you want to aim to do is, um, you, main, you mainly train for strength for the main core lifts, uh, your compound movements, which is your, your bench, your squat, uh, I put overhead press into that as well, and your deadlift. Um, and what your aim should be is um, for um, you want to aim to lift three to six, no, three to five reps uh, per set. And you want to do three to four sets of that, and, and that would be training for strength. If you're aiming for hypertrophy, then your eight to ten 
reps for compound lifts is, is a great way to go about it. And um, uh, 10 to 15 for, for the uh, isolation movements, which are like your, your cable rolls, uh, cable uh, flies, your pec decks, um, anything arms related, stuff like that. Um, those that would be hypertrophic uh, approach, and then your volume approach would be you could you could take your uh, hypertrophy approach and you could apply it to volume because essentially the same thing. You just got to calculate the overall uh, weight lifted. Uh, but um, a great one here is the the German training volume, the um, yeah, German volume training, uh, which is uh, ten by ten. So you do ten reps, ten sets. Uh, which is, as you can imagine, very, very intense, um, especially when you do it with squats. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, those, those are your main three ways of lifting. Um, so just to quickly c- conclude, uh, strength, three to five reps uh, per set, hypertrophy uh, for compound lifts. Uh, hypertrophy is eight to 10, uh, volume uh, could be eight to 12, a- anywhere between that. Um and then you have your your different splits. Wait, wait. Just before you go into the splits, can you just define hypertrophy for people that don't know what that is? Yeah. So hypertrophy is basically uh, being able to increase the the growth of your of your muscles and cells. It refers to uh, increasing uh, the size of the muscle uh, through working out. Um, uh, well, one actually interesting thing here is that uh, when you're training for hypertrophy, um, or whether you're training for strength or hypertrophy, a key thing to remember is uh, if you're increasing in strength or, or volume overall, you are gaining muscle. Um, and then the bigger your muscle gets, uh, the, the more muscular you, you look. Um, as a result, the, the fat in that particular area has more kind of uh, area to spread over. So you end up looking a lot more defined, a lot more muscular. So hypertrophy is essentially, just simply put, it's just um, growth of uh, your cells and your muscles. I think that explains it pretty much very briefly. Now, if you jump back into the splits, because I think you were going, that was that's going to be an interesting one as well, because it's, it's like you said, there's no one size fits all. But with the splits, do you want to just briefly touch on them? So, okay, splits are uh, are an interesting one. Um, you have row splits, which is uh, you um, you train a different body part every single day. Uh, you have push pull legs, um, which is uh, all your push movements such as chest, shoulders, and triceps um, on a single day. Then you have your pull movements, which is back and biceps um, and rear delts, and then you have uh, your legs, which is of course anything low body um, that you train on on a single day when it comes to preference it differs it's all completely down to you i personally more of an advocate of push pull legs however if you're tr- if you've started training from scratch or you haven't trained for um, for quite some time um, it's it's great to just do a full body routine for a couple of months and the full body routine would be mostly focused on uh, your compound movements. On So you'd have a three-day split in the week uh, where you would do a full body every single day. Um, and then you'd have um, you'd have, a, have one single compound movement for chest, um, you'd have your shoulders, your back, your, your legs, uh, so on, um, every single 
of those every single one of those days um but you would be aiming for um you wouldn't have too many sets in there two to three sets but uh you'd be hitting that muscle group multiple times a week which is great for growth right because of course the more you stimulate the muscle that the higher the repetitions the increase in like muscle endurance and, and volume overall uh, which is essentially hypertrophic approach yeah and i think you got to also experiment i did bro splits for a very long time i just kind of i just generally enjoyed doing the bro split because i just felt like it was more organized and you know it was just intense hitting like one muscle group a day uh, recently i've been shifting to i wouldn't say push pull legs but i've definitely shifted to training multiple muscle groups in one day because then it allows me like i think you've mentioned it allows me to hit it twice and so it gets stimulated more often rather than waiting seven days to then go like with the bro split you have to wait the whole seven days to get back to hitting that muscle right? yeah the um the one important thing here is that you just have to like you just mentioned like you didn't mind going to the gym every single day right but um or multiple times a week but uh, with with people with with all kinds of lives and different time is very valuable so you want to kind of um figure out how many first off the first question you need to be asking is how many times a week can I actually go to the gym if it's three times a week then uh maybe a full body routine would do great for you but as you get further on into your your kind of weightlifting career uh you might want to switch from a full body routine um to push pull legs um and then you have a upper lower upper so if if you do really want to hit uh each which is recommended um hit every muscle group uh, one twice a week then a uh, upper lower split doing it three to four times a week is perfectly great as well um and then of course if you do really just want to hit ultimately if you enjoy a bro split then by all means go for it but it's it's, it's not exactly you know recommended yeah it's again experiment and see what works for you and what matches your your lifestyle really now with 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 that so we've covered the different types of training we've talked about the different types of splits and there's probably more splits that we didn't really touch on and and more training styles but that's that's just the generic ones there's also different types of training sets i'll just quickly cover it if you don't mind but there's normally like straight sets which is like you basically have like a set number of sets and a set number of reps and then you keep the same weight and you're just doing them and you just rep those that same weight for that same amount of reps and that same amount of sets so that's like straight sets then you have supersets which is like basically just doing two exercises like you just finished say for example doing a bicep curl set and then straight away you jump on to doing a tricep extension set and that's kind of like your supersets your drop sets is you basically do whatever many reps you have to do on that set and then you drop the weight and then continue and do an extra x amount of reps on it and then you have your pyramid sets which is basically by each set you're increasing the weight a little bit or decreasing it depending on how you start and how you structure it and i think those are just the different types of 
training sets and I think it's again experimenting to see what works for you and you might find that however you start training you might incorporate little bits of each in in each inch in each uh, exercise or in each way of structuring the day of the training and stuff like that now back to nutrition because I think that's that, that makes a, a huge difference because you could be training like a monster but if you don't get your your nutrition right it's it's almost like a waste of time in itself because if you're not getting your 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 diet right you're training and it's it, instead of being an investment of your time it's becoming a waste of your time because you're not backing it with a good diet or with the right diet do you want to cover the different types of diets a little bit uh yeah so well we got we kind of touched upon this earlier but um you have your your high carb diet your high fat diet which is your keto diet um you have paleo which is basically just um foods that they used to eat in the paleolithic era uh which you know uh, your vegetables your 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 meats your grains um trying to think what else do we have like there's the carnivore diet um there's plant-based yeah those those are like kind of the most popular ones i'd say i'm not sure if you want to add on to any more diets that are popular um those no, are the four that kind of come to my head there's so many to be honest and i think i think just yeah there's too many now too many yeah the, the, like, literally, the, it's evolved to a point where you have a diet for everything i think the most important thing is like if you are ultimately trying to build muscle then your protein is super important that has to be a high like that has to be high right your protein intake has to be high if you're trying to maximize your muscle growth so for me or retain or, or yeah retain muscle retention right? when, when it comes to muscle growth you don't actually uh, need too much protein um it's more protein is required for um, retention of, of muscle yeah sorry I got, I got that wrong yeah muscle retention and i think it's just super important because if you if your protein is not high then your muscle retention is not going to be high either it's just like i'm not sure i don't think you can achieve your your muscle retention goals or muscle growth goals whatever by not having enough protein that's just not something that i think can be done you have to make sure you're getting in your your protein intake that's important so that's for me it's like i don't care what diet you're doing <laughs> just if you're trying to to make sure you have a lot of muscle retention then your protein has to be up there and yeah and di- diet the word itself has a, has essentially like, in my opinion a negative connotation to it i'm not a huge fan of it should, shouldn't be like that uh, you're right yeah you are right it, it does right but yeah, um, whenever someone mentions diet, it's it's automatically oh crap, you're on a diet. We're trying trying to lose weight. No, no. Um, uh, even for general health, um, if you have, everyone has a specific kind of a, a diet, if you want to call it that, or just nutritional guide kind of thing that you want to be following. Um, it's for it's useful for longevity in the long run, um, for increasing your general lifespan. Um, and just being healthy throughout your general life, diet is is awesome. I wanted to talk about supplements a bit. Um, not too much, not go too deep into it, but just briefly touch on supplements. Do you want to just touch on that for a little bit? Yeah. 
So um, supplements, much like intermittent fasting, is meant to be are meant to be used as tools. Again, uh, whey protein, for example. So there are a number of supplements that everyone would kind of market for you to to essentially take. Um, you have uh, so you have like those the ones supplements that are actually marketed for fat loss loss, which are like fat oxidation enhancers such as uh, carnitine and CLA. You have thermogenics, which increase energy expenditure, such as caffeine, capsaicin, ephedrine, and uh, yohimbine. Uh, then you have hunger suppressors, which are like uh, just general thermogenics, as well as uh, ginger and 5-HTP. Uh, and then you have your nutrient blockers, such as like fat binders, carb blockers, uh, which modify or block the absorption of uh, fat uh, or carbohydrates. Um, the thing is, uh, a, a lot of these kind of um, suppressors, thermogenics, nutrient blockers, and fat oxidation enhancers um, have a have a lack of um, supporting evidence for them. So um, th- there's not a lot of research around whether or not they actually truly work. Whether or not they're beneficial, maybe could be, but there's there's not a lot. And um, another thing is uh, with like ephedrine and yohimbine, there's, there's you get quite a few like side effects. I'm not exactly sure what they work, but, um, but I know that there are a few. Um, and with your own bin, there's an issue with quality control as well. But uh, to simplify supplements, um, they're used as a tool. So for example, if, if you're finding it difficult to get in your your protein intake on a daily basis from whole foods, so that's, so that's your like chicken or all your meats or all your lentils, rice, uh, sorry, not rice, whatever it may be, um, then you can use whey protein to essentially supplement that. Uh, that's the only way it's meant to be used. Um, so have a, have a couple of scoops a day um, just to hit your protein intake. Um, just know that it's it's still good quality. Um, you'll, you, essentially, the main thing here is just hitting your protein intake. But then you have your the other end of your supplements, which are like your, your multivitamins and your omega-3s. Again, uh, as, as I mentioned before, omega-3s are, are very very crucial um you want to try and get in your, your epa and your dha um so um they um omega-3 at least one of the there, there is a requirement uh taking a couple of pills a day or you could get it through your your fishes and stuff um i usually end up taking at least two a day um and then you have uh, a multivitamin which is great um as well as you might want to supplement that multivitamin with some vitamin D, um, especially uh, a lot of us live in countries which aren't that sunny, so you're not going to get the vitamin D by the sun. Um, so it's important that you get that in. Um, and then another one that I tend uh, tend to take are um, green tea extract. Um, I do take one of those every morning as well. Um, I feel great with them. Um, just kind of get those greens in, um, and then CMAs, zinc and magnesium, which are great for like um, sleep, recovery, and rest. Um, which I tend to take like half an hour before bed. But those are the main supplements that I, I kind of, I think you should keep it simple. Uh, there's no point taking too many supplements. Um, just keep it to those um, kind of thing, and, and you'll be great. And of course, there's also um, creatine monohydrate. Uh, five grams a day, um, just to kind of throw that little 
um, mess out the water that if you you meant to there's meant to be this like eight week cycling period so on and so forth but really doesn't need to be um, you can just take five grams a day every day and you'll be perfectly fine it's also very and, heavily researched creatine is very very heavily researched as well and yes yeah, so, I think it, so, it goes to 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 say with every supplement the thing is you need to research it as well before you start taking just some random <laughs> supplement right and i think that's sort of the, the most important thing with anyone who is looking to to take supplements for example i myself i literally only out of the list that you said the only one that i do take is protein simply because it helps me achieve my intake and like you said i use it as a supplement i'll have like a scoop or two a day and that helps me hit my daily target of protein more easier but that's about it that's probably the only one that i i i, I know of that i use the others that you said it's just things that oh i guess caffeine yeah probably that one as well but that's about it well, yeah. i would definitely recommend everyone to be taking a multivitamin uh, supplemented with with vitamin d 100% um especially if you live in the uk um very important that you be taking these um and we, you'd be surprised to know that uh, uh with our western diets uh, with, unless you actually are fully whole food and clean it's very hard to get those micronutrients in especially to the requirement that um males females need them um so i would definitely throw in at least a, a multivitamin in there um, for everyone and yeah you're right um, creatine monohydrate is one of the most uh, researched supplements there actually is and and that goes to to what I was trying to say which is like there are like a ton more supplements out there but just I want to highlight to make sure you research very well what you getting into don't just get into some random stuff that is going to do you more harm than good because uh, there are definitely some bad stuff out there so yeah just yeah there's they're all yeah definitely do your research but uh ultimately uh, you, you really don't have to worry about it too much i mean keep keep things simple and uh, the ones that i've mentioned is is as simple as you can get yeah yeah uh, the, the ones that you mentioned I, 100% but i'm talking outside of that just don't yeah, yeah. just 100% to, to watch out for that um let's let's just briefly touch on cardio why is cardio important what what are the different forms of doing cardio i think everyone hates cardio i don't know i haven't met anyone i have not met anyone i'm yet to meet someone who tells me that they love cardio because that just doesn't seem to be a thing but we all see the benefits of, of doing it it's it's one of those unwritten agreements like we hate cardio but we know that it's good for us do you want to just briefly talk about cardio why is it important yeah so cardio is important it's probably one of the most important things for your own cardiovascular health health your your lungs your internal organs like you you have no idea on how important cardio is for your body and your mind it's crucial um it, it there's a lot more to it than uh, than people might think um even if you just quickly there there are, there are two types of cardio there's less and there's hit and there's well there's there's a uh, medium state int- intensity a steady state as well where uh, less is low low intensity and hit is high intensity uh, low intensity is anything like just uh stand 
casual walking, um, anything that's really light um, would be low intensity where you're not just fully pushing your whole heart rate over to above, say, 170. Probably if it's in like the 140 region, 150 maybe, um, that would be low intensity. Uh, high intensity is meant to be done in um, in short bursts. Now, I personally recommend you should get in at least a minimum, a minimum of 15 to 20 minutes of low uh, intensity steady state cardio on a daily basis. Um, and I personally use just go, it's, the best thing is just go for a walk. Um, go for a 15, 20 minute walk and you'll remain quite fit and healthy throughout the um, throughout throughout your life. Um, you don't have to do it every day, uh, but a minimum four times a week would be would be beneficial for everyone. Um, but uh, when it comes to cardio, um, you can actually combine it with your diet, and you can take um, you can create your deficit through cardio uh, and a proper volume of cardio. So you don't you don't want to get your entire deficit from it, but uh, timing and modality is important. So preferably, you don't want to be uh, doing cardio before. Uh, weights uh, as it might uh, hinder your strength and your training overall um, simply because if you exert too much energy throughout a half an hour cardio session before your weights training session um, uh, you, won't, you won't be able to give you 100% in the weight training session which what you want to be doing is giving 100% in your in your resistance training and then uh, doing cardio uh, at the end of it and um Low impact is also more ideal. Um, in terms of volume of, of uh, cardio, a great rule of thumb is half of your resistance training. But essentially, uh, maybe no more than, it all depends on your goal, but no more than half an hour to maybe even pushing it 45 minutes a day of, of low intensity steady state. And no more than two or three uh, high intensity uh, interval training sessions uh, per week, which is your high intensity. At that point, you are essentially pushing your your uh, heart rate to above, let's say, 170, 180. Um, and th- and uh, a great idea for HIIT training would be um, running or sprinting for about 30 seconds to a minute and then taking a- about 30 seconds to a minute brisk walk and then sprinting again and then repeating that uh, for multiple rounds. That would be your ideal HIIT training. Um but again, down completely down to you. I, I'm more of an advocate of lists or, or medium. So um, either just go for a jog on a treadmill now and then, especially as I get further into my cut. Um, but for the most part, I do walk a lot. I do go for like half an hour walks, a split run to a day. Um, so I end up um, getting most of my cardio done through, um, through walking. I think it, you kind of have to... This is up to you like do what do what you feel best at the end of the day we all hate cardio so that's commonality but just find something that you kind of enjoy like for me the sprints that's not for me i'll be honest that's just not me but if we talk about stairmaster i love stairmaster i literally happily would do an hour on a stairmaster and and i do so do i mean happily but i also know people who would rather just be on a treadmill than be on stairmaster for example so kind of just whatever is you just do that it, it's super important and it's good for your health now i keep moving on to tools for monitoring your fat loss weight gain do you want to quickly just touch on that um overview yeah all right so 
Mm-hmm. When it comes to monitoring and tracking your progress, it's 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 key. Um, I don't want you shouldn't be fixating it, uh, fixating on it too much, um, because people tend to get into their heads a bit too much when they're uh, when they begin fixating on their progress, and especially if they're not making any progress, because maybe the, the mediums that you're using to track um, aren't as accurate as you you might believe. Uh, but uh, just to quickly touch upon it, you have um, you have your scale, which is where you weigh yourselves, of course. Um, a great way to, so you can, it depends on you. If, if you think you're going to fixate on it a bit too much, then weigh yourself on a weekly basis and, and you should be fine. However, for a more accurate uh, breakdown of how much weight you're losing, um, what I recommend is every single morning when you wake up, um, just uh, weigh yourself and um, record that weight. And over a seven-day period, take the average, and that will be your average for the week. You do the same thing for the following week, and then you'd compare the two to see how much weight you've lost. And that, that's a great way of actually tracking your weight by the scale. Uh, but again, if you're going to fixate on it too much, then um, maybe uh, once a week is perfectly fine for you. Um, secondly, another thing that you can do is uh, measurements. Um, it, this is a great way to actually know if you're gaining muscle. For example, if you've been training arms and uh, you want to see if you're if you've actually gained any muscle, if if that hypertrophy training of yours or the strength training, just quickly hypertrophy strength, the great the complementary, they work beautifully well together. I, I've tested that quite quite a bit. I used to have six day sessions a week where I do three days strength, three days hypertrophy. They work so well together. Um, but you could just uh, you could measure your bicep, and if your, your bicep has grown, then you could. It's safe to assume that you you've gained some muscle in that area. Uh, similarly for weight loss, um, this is something I wouldn't do on a daily basis because, of course, um, you, you wouldn't be increasing, decreasing in inches on a on a daily. Uh, but on a weekly basis, say on a on a Monday morning, uh, every single week, uh, remain consistent with it. But um, just just uh, measure take points of measurements around your body. So um, my main points of measurements would be um, your thighs, uh, your biceps, uh, your chest, um, your upper uh, ad- uh, stomach area, so two inches above your, your navel, um, the center, and then the uh, the lower abdomen as well. So those are like three areas that I tend to just measure. Um, and that's a good, those, those are a great way of uh, keeping track of your progress as well. So yeah. yeah weights and measurements amazing thank you so much now we've sort of covered the nutritional side we've covered the training side we talked uh, around the aspects of it the last thing I, I guess i would want to ask you before we go into the last segment of the podcast would be for anyone listening to this episode right now if they wanted to set up their own nutrition plan their own training plan if they wanted to take this to that level how can they make that start? How can someone set up a nutrition plan and a training plan? So just briefly, if you could explain that, that would be great. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know what, just just for... I, I, I'll actually break down. Um, let's try and summarize all of it. Okay, so, so there are two routes here you can take. First, you have to decide whether you're about to cut or you're about to bulk. I'm going to go through both and... Um, can do it very quickly um so we'll do we'll do cutting first 
Um, if, you, if you want to cut, the first thing you want to do is, of course, uh, calculate your macros. So you figure out your total daily energy expenditure, and then you want to uh, take off um, 500 or 300 from that. So once, once, you've, once you've got your maintenance calories, uh, reduce them by three to 500. Again, you have to here consider um, if you're going to create most of your deficit through uh, cardio or through through food. Um, you want to aim again to be lo- losing one pound per week. Uh, you want to aim for 3,500 calorie deficit uh, per week. So if you reduce your calories by 500 calories uh, per day, you multiply that by seven, you get 3,500. Um, so that's your your pound per week done. And then anything, say if you what I would do is I would reduce by 500 to begin, and then I would add in uh, two, one or two cardio sessions at 300 calories uh, to begin with. And then as you get further into the cut, um, a weekly or bi-weekly, you could increase those cardio sessions by one. Firstly, uh, by number of sessions. And then secondly, once you've, say, hit four sessions a week, and you don't want to go over four sessions a week, that's when you begin to increase the time within those sessions or, or the amount of calories within those sessions. Um so once you've got your calories, you want to work out your macros. Uh, just keep things basic. If you're following a high-carb approach, then um, 35% for your protein, uh, 25% for your um, fats, uh, 40% for your carbs. I think I said that wrong earlier. But yeah, th- th- those are the actual um, the breakdown that you want to go for. Um, but again, um, if you do prefer to have a bit more fats, you can take them off your carbs and um, just put them towards your fats. Uh, but the first thing, the initial thing that you should calculate is your protein. So make sure uh, you just uh, figure out one gram per pound or uh, ultimately uh, uh, a bit more than two grams per kilo uh, gram of your body weight um, would be sufficient um, if you're cutting. And then um, the remainder would first go to fats and then whatever's left over would be uh, done by carbohydrates. Uh, just keep in mind, uh, it's four calories uh, per pound um for uh, your carbs and proteins and it's nine calories for your fats so uh, take, if you take your proteins you multiply the, the amount of grams by four uh, you that gives you your calories you take those calories off how many calories are left and then you do the same for your protein uh, so your fats and then once you've got done your fats uh, whatever's left over is your carbohydrate so you uh, divide that final number of your carbs um by four and that will give you your sorry your calories by four and then that will give you your carbs um but if you want to keep it easier you just use my fitness bowl putting the percentages it spits out the figures for you um so that's your nutrition sorted and then of course uh, you want to kind of figure out um what foods you want to be including in your diet so what foods you allow what you like so on and so forth uh, you want to pick a handful of carbs proteins and fats um, keep it simple um so like um you've got like your sweet potatoes, keep keep a mix. Like if you want to do refined carbs as well, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but just make sure you put some complex carbs in there here and there, um, which would be great for your your micronutrients as well. And of course, um, in general, uh, good quality glucose and stuff. So um, you have um, your sweet potatoes, your, your brown rice, even your white rice if you want to, um, and your um, any other form of carb, really, uh, veggies and stuff as well, come into carbs. Um, and then you want to choose your, your sources of protein, egg, fish, meat, um, chicken, 
any kind of poultry um, are great. Quinoa, uh, lentils, uh, kidney beans are all awesome as well. And then you want some healthy fats in there as well, so like nuts uh, and stuff. Um, avocado is also awesome if you if, if you like it. Um, from there, um, you do need um, a, a method of tracking, so like where your foods um so you're able to track accurately. Uh, a common mistake that I see myself is that uh, people think uh, they they say to you that they're not they've been on a plan plan for quite some time, but they're not losing any weight. The problem is is that all the condiments and the extra little snacking they're doing on the side, it it does all add up, and it could quite easily throw you back at maintenance level, which is why you would just will not lose weight. You actually do need to be in a deficit in order to lose weight. Um, all the little things on the side that you're eating could cause um, the opposite effect. So you just wouldn't end up uh, losing weight. Um, so once you've got the tracking tool in place, you've got your carbs and your, your shopping list essentially sorted, you kind of um, figure out some meals. Um, like um, having like a bowl of oats with some protein in there, um, mixed with some like uh, frozen berries is a great way to kind of have a breakfast. Um, similarly, you could have like three eggs with some steak um, or, or whatever it is you, you're into. Um, and you could at that point um, also consider whether you want to have say four to six meals a day or intermittent fast. Now, whichever approach you go for, just know um, no, no approach is better than the other. Just down to personal preference. Uh, in order to actually, for cutting, it's, it makes sense. If your calories are quite high when you're cutting, say if you're like super tall, um, like you, Eric, um, then your, your your calories would be relatively higher than, than just someone who's, who's a bit shorter than you. So um, what you want to do is um, you want to aim for, uh, if you can if you can intermittent fast with it, then the, that's all great. But Intermittent fasting is something you might want to use when you're a bit further down into the cut. But initially, you might just want to stick to um, using um, multiple meals a day uh, without actually uh, intermittent fasting. Or you could do a fast, but just do a shorter fast. So instead of doing, say, a 16-hour fast, you will do 12 or 14-hour fast, um, which actually could be it's beneficial for you as well in terms of health. Um, so... You use you're now using fasting as a as a tool to for dieting. Um, so you've got your fasting window and your eating window sorted. So whether it's sixteen eight, um, whatever you want it to be, um, you follow that. Sixteen eight is a great rule of thumb. Um, and then you just decide on when you want to be eating. So you want your first meal at one, your last meal at say seven in between, maybe a little snack. Uh, that's about it. And then of course, when it comes to cheat days. Um, it's once you, if you're intermittent fasting or you just want to implement intermittent fasting on only your cheat days, then that's a great way to actually um, stick to your deficit, but also um, enjoy the foods that you want to. But make sure you do hit your protein. On a, the main thing you need to focus on here is, is hitting your protein always. Um, so that's your your nutrition essentially sorted. If there's anything I missed out, I'm sorry. I'm trying to kind of run through but there are quite a quite a few things you have to consider um but once you've got the your calories your macros your diet the foods that you want to incorporate uh whether or not you want to actually incorporate that protocol and your, your your means of tracking you can move on to your training plan at this point you just have to consider how many days am i really train um 
say if it's uh, three days a week uh, and you're a beginner, uh, first couple of months, recommend full body routines. If anyone actually wants a full body routine, just hit me up. I can just send you one like immediately. Um, actually, I do have like routines for, for like 15 different splits. So if you want, then let me know. Um, but um, so, and if you're willing, if you're trading, uh, say four days a week, maybe you want to go for upper, lower, upper. Or one that I like to do is push, pull, legs, and then upper. Uh, if you're training five days a week, then push, pull, legs, upper, lower is a great routine to follow. Um, and if you're doing six days a week, then push, pull, legs, and push, pull, legs. Um, six days a week, perfectly. Uh, one thing I just want to highlight here, because we haven't done so throughout, um, is um, rest days. Rest days are crucial. Uh, your body needs rest. Everything, everything in this world needs rest. It's just what evolution decided. I'm sorry, you do not have a choice in it. Uh, make sure you give yourself at least one rest day throughout the week. Um, you could do like light, light cardio, go for a brisk walk, maybe do a little bit of abs. That's all perfectly fine just to remain uh, remain active. But for the most part, uh, keep heavy lifting um, to the actual training days and just give your body that little bit of rest. You'll find that if you do rest, you'll find um, you, you lose weight a lot quicker than you expected. As well as another thing I just want to quickly touch upon is sleep. Sleep is so important. Aim for seven to eight hours a day. Uh, you'll be surprised as what sleep can actually do for you uh, when it comes to weight loss in general. Because um, your body is just kind of essentially just re-regulating itself, what's just sleeping, just repairing and stuff. So very important. Um, and so once you've decided on what training split you want to do, then you want to, of course, uh, go for, all right, do I want to train for strength or do I want to train for hypertrophy? Um, depending on how many days you have throughout the week, you're able to kind of mix and match. So if you do train six days, uh, like I used to, uh, you could do three days strength, three days hypertrophy. Um, at this current moment in time, I'm actually completely just testing out a complete hypertrophic, uh, hypertrophic approach. So um, I am, my reps are eight to 10 for compound lifts, uh, 10 to 15 for um, any isolation movements. Um, it keeps the thing simple. And of course, one thing to consider here, again, even if you are cutting progressive overload, but it will be difficult to gain muscle unless you're new uh, when it comes to um, uh, training. Um, but one way or another, um, you want to be maintaining your strength. But just remember, especially when you're cutting, the further you gain to a cut, that you are bound to lose some strength. Uh, don't worry about it too much. It's easy to gain back uh, at a later stage. Um, but once your training is sorted, yeah, of course, another thing you want to consider is your cardio. Uh, begin with one or two sessions a week at, at around about 300 calories um, and then slowly increment that um, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, depending on how much weight you're losing. After the first two weeks, once you've sorted out your deficit and you've been training, uh, your diet has been on point, you'll be able to, you'll have a bit more data to work with. So you can see how much weight you're actually losing, how much weight you want to lose. Uh, at that point, begin by uh, increasing your cardio first and try and see if uh, over the next week you lose the, the weight that you want to lose. Say if you're below one pound or you want to be losing maybe 1.5 pounds per week because that's your, your kind of target, then um, just increase your cardio slightly and uh, you'll find that you, uh, you're able to lose that weight that you want to. Don't jump to in dropping your calories immediately. Um, take your time. Um, if you're going to decrease your calories, it's by 10 to 15 grams of carbs per 
per time you, you drop it. But again, uh, before you do decrease your calories, just give it a week or two to see if you've actually like hit a plateau or whatever it may be. Uh, but do not rush the diet. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, you need to take your time and you want to retain as much muscle as you possibly can. That's cutting. When it comes to bulking, very similar, very, very similar. Um, you want to uh, calculate your, your calories. Uh, again, increase. Again, uh, if you recall, I did mention that um, for bulk, you want to do a lean bulk. So increase. begin by increasing by 300. As you begin to plateau and you see that you're not uh, gaining weight um, as much as you, you expected, uh, you want to increase that slightly. But again, you might be tempted to like, just start eating a, a hell of a lot. Do not do that. Um, you'll, you'll gain more fat than you do muscle. It's never, never good fun. Uh, and then it's always much harder to work it off later. So increase your calories for maintenance by 300 uh, is step one. Again, uh, you want good quality sources of protein, fats and carbs uh, from 80% of your diet, 20% for the week or day can come from basically anything. It's a great rule of thumb to follow. It helps you adhere to anything. Um, but of course, you are bulking, so you can be a bit more lenient on that. Just make sure you hit your protein. Um, for protein, when you're bulking, you don't need as much as when you're cutting. So 0.85 grams or 0.9 uh, per pound of body weight is, is perfectly sufficient. Um yeah, for when you're bulking. Um, once you've got the protein sorted, that's when you can calculate your fats. They can be slightly higher. Again, 25-30% um, is, is, is a great way to, of your total calories, great way to go about it. And then the remaining would just go to your carbs. Um, so once you've started bulking, um, the main thing to remember when it comes to uh, gaining muscle is, of course, hypertrophy uh, is important, but Progressive overload is key. So what you want to be doing is uh, you want you want to ultimately be increasing the volume of of the weight you lift on a week by week basis. So this can be done multiple ways. Um, you can either um, say if you've got three sets of eight reps uh, doing a, a forty kg uh, dumbbell uh, bench press flat bench. Um, what you want to be doing is um, for the, say for the first week you've hit three sets of eight reps. And then for the second week, you've gone in and you've managed to hit for the first two sets, 10 reps, and the second, third set, eight reps. What you've done initially there is you've progressively overloaded because you've increased the number of reps within the set. Alternatively, what you could do is um, you could increase the weight on the first two reps. Again, that would result in a progressive overload because uh, you would be doing a bit more weight, but the same number of uh, reps. And the third approach is you just increase the number of reps. Um, sorry, uh, number of uh, sets. So instead of doing three sets, uh, say during the next week you did four. Uh, you could drop the weight there or you could just leave the weight as what it is and you could just do an extra set. Again, that is progressive overload. But the key thing you want to be remembering here is just continuously keep improving in your weight. And one thing to... Uh, aid in this is to just record your lifts. So for each of the lifts that you do, one, remain consistent. Don't switch up your training program too often, but every 12 weeks is fine. Um, but yeah, uh, just um, record your lifts, whatever it is for the, you did for the week, for each set, how many reps you did. And then for the next week, when you come in, try and beat that. Either do more, pick up a bigger weight, uh, do more sets or do more reps. And 
in doing so, whichever way you, you, you choose to go down, um, you would be guaranteed that you will be progressively overloading your, your muscles and you will be growing. Um, but that's the key thing when it comes to poking. And in terms of um, which uh, workout to choose, whether you, you want a different workout, kind of reps and sets for um, for cutting uh, and something different for, for poking, um, it does not make a difference, seriously. Um, all, all you want to be doing is um, you can use the same workout that you use when you're poking, you can use that when you're cutting. Just, just remember when you're cutting, you will be losing a little bit of strength over time. Um, so you... you you'd have to just continuously account for that. You And uh, you might just want to do uh, less uh, sets. Uh, when you're booking, you have more food, more energy. Therefore, you're able to lift a lot more and do a lot more. Um, but the main thing here is just focus on um, progressively overloading your muscles uh, with uh, more weight. And for booking, and, and you'll be fine. That's, that's the key thing to remember. And uh, yeah, also just uh, quickly cardio uh, when you're booking. Uh, personally, I think it's it's great to just uh, get in about ten to fifteen minutes, even twenty minutes of light, uh, low steady state, low intensity uh, steady state cardio. Um, every training session, maybe maybe towards the end, just to kind of like cool down and do quick 10-15 minutes, or maybe just even at the beginning, just a quick ten fifteen minutes to warm up a bit uh, before your training, especially before a leg day. Um, yeah, and. Uh, one final thought on on, on this topic, because uh, we've kind of gone through, I'm pretty sure everything, uh, is that um, when you're when you're training, uh, focus focus on your lifts. Um, form is crucial here, especially when you're trying to build more muscle. Um, you want to recruit as many muscle fibers as you possibly can, and in order to recruit uh, recruit as many muscle fibers as you possibly can, you need to control. Uh, your tempo so the slower you go don't go too slow of course uh one one three one is a, is a good tempo so like um three seconds down and then one second up um kind of thing um uh that's on a bench press by the way um just uh but uh you want to control your weight uh you want to focus on your form you want clean form in order to build good quality muscle and you want to control that tempo. So the more muscle fibers you're able to recruit, the the better muscle you're going to be able to build. Um, and that's whether you're cutting or booking, it doesn't matter. Um, focus on your form. And of course, you do want to just reduce the risk of injury uh, to yourselves. Um, so focus, focus on your form and control the weight. Don't, don't worry about your ego. Leave that leave that thing at the, at the door. You don't need to worry, worry about what someone else is lifting because believe me when I tell you where the other person does not give a crap about what you're lifting. He's too focused or she's too focused on their workout to be giving a crap about well, how much weight you're lifting. That is all in your head. So just leave the ego at the door and just lift where you can. Uh, drop the weight if you have to. But form comes before what else um, because you so many people end up getting injured and that, that throws you out of the gym for, for a few weeks, sometimes even longer. And I don't think that's what anyone wants, really. Hinders you in all of, all areas of life. Um, but, but I think that's... Uh, Eric, I don't know if you want me to touch upon anything else. Um, no, I think that was that was good overview. That, that kind of covered everything I think that people should know for the start. And then I think it's just adjusting things 
and tailor that program that you're building for yourself as you go along and as you see your body change. Like Akib, you, you probably relate to this, like you've bulked before, you've cut before, you kind of know what your body needs or doesn't need or what works best for your body. And I think like that's a process that you cannot learn that just by researching. You have to actually like try. Okay, let me bulk now and see how it goes. Let me cut now and see how it goes. Let me try this training and see how it goes. You literally have to see what feels best for you, what works best for you. And you kind of go from there to a point where then you learn so much about your body that you know when you want to adjust things, you know what you're doing. So just listen to your body as well on that aspect. A final segment of the podcast is, is it a myth or a fact? We haven't played this one in, 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 a, in a very long time, actually. So it'll be good to bring it back. Again, I, I expect this to be, at this point, very easy because we've kind of touched on, on some of this. But I'll read out a few statements. You're going to tell me if it's a myth or a fact and just briefly tell me why or why not. Right? So first one would be fats is bad for you. Uh, myth. You, you require fats. Like I said earlier, um, they are very crucial um, to gain your vitamins around your body. So, yeah. That's needed. Right. Next, That's a next would be carbs is bad for you. Myth again. Uh, your body loves carbs as your initial energy source. Um, they are not bad for you. They don't do anything bad for you. It's just refined refined carbohydrates. Just They don't do anything good for you either. They're just kind of enjoyable. Um, but yeah, myth. Next one would be protein shakes are not good for you. Myth, they do not affect your liver in, in any way. Um, and protein is, again, just supplementary to your normal diet. Should it, should it be used as your main protein intake, uh, source of intake, but uh, it definitely can be utilized. Myth. Next one is eating late at night is not good for you. Myth. Uh, doesn't matter when you get your calories in within the 24-hour window. As long as you get them in, that's all that matters. If you're in a deficit for the whole day, you will 100% still lose weight. <laughs> Sorry. Next one is, training is all that matters when pursuing your fitness goals. Uh, myth. I, I think it's 75-25, which is 75% diet, 25% uh, training. You spend most, don't worry about that one hour in the gym, and then what's more important, the hour in the gym or the 23 hours that you spend outside? I'd say the 23 hours you spend outside because that's when you have to control your actual diet. But that being said, if you if you diet but you don't train, you you will you will lose weight, but you will lose muscle as well as fat. Uh, but if you train, you're able to uh, retain a lot of muscle, which means you'll just look better. Um, but training is is quite crucial as well for me overall. Next one, you can target your fat burn for specific areas of your body. Myth. Um, well, when it comes to losing fat, you cannot control. That is that's entirely down to your DNA. Um, I'm sorry, um, but you can't control uh, where you're able to lose your, your fat, no matter how much how hard you want to try. Uh, but just to quickly touch on this is that if, if you are trying to lose, if you're seeing some people store fats in, in, in Everyone's different. They store fat in different areas. Some people might store it in their stomach. Some might, maybe the shoulders, maybe the back, maybe the thighs. doesn't matter. One thing to keep in mind here is that if you're finding that uh, fat is being reluctant 
to kind of remove itself from a certain body part, just keep dieting, stick to your diet, and I promise you eventually it will come off because it has to come off from somewhere. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we all wished we could target. That would be amazing if you could actually. <laughs> Literally, that would be incredible. Oh, well. And the last one is working out every day will make me reach my goals quicker. Um, well, if, if by working out you are increasing your calorie deficit, then 100% you definitely would uh, end up reaching your goals a bit quicker. Uh, but you just but rest rest is just as important as working out here. Um, so you know, um, I guess from the statement itself, it is a bit of a fact because if you're working out every day, you'll be expending more calories. Unless you're eating more to account for that, then of course, it doesn't matter. Then it becomes a myth. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it it can be counterproductive working out every day. You do need that rest. You need you do need that recovery. So it's people like people i think people underestimate so much how important recovery is how important resting is and how underrated sleep is it's it's necessary Mm -hmm. honestly you the three things for you when you're training or when you're trying to get into your fitness vibes is literally like it eat like a king train like a beast sleep like a baby live by that and you'll be just fine Trust me. Right, that finishes the is it a matter of fact segment. For to end the episode, do you have a final piece of advice for anyone pursuing their fitness goals? Yeah, just uh, ultimately, uh, there's been a lot in this in this episode. So I, uh, yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope it, it comes across to at least one person. Uh, but. Um, just always remember it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, it does take time. Um, but what's important here is consistency and adherence. Uh, you have to remain consistent with, with whatever you're doing um, and just try your best to adhere to it. You, there may be times in which you fail. There may be times in which like you uh, end up cheating on a diet or you might end up binging one evening when you didn't expect to do so. Listen to me. You are human. Uh, it happens to absolutely everyone. There is no person out there that doesn't end up binging at some point in their life. Um, what you need to do is forget about the fact that you, you've binged or you've messed up on your diet and the next day you just get back on it. Don't try and um, well, what people tend to do is they, they try and uh, kind of uh, accommodate for the amount of calories they ended up going over the next day. Um, but then what that does, it just it, it increases that binge effect because now you're decreasing calories even further, which is giving your body more of an indication to actually want more like glucose, carbs, and, and so on and so forth. So what you want to do is is just remove it from your mind, get to the next day, and just begin your diet again, essentially. Uh, just carry on with it. Don't, just continue with it. It doesn't matter. Fuck-ups happen all the time. Uh, what happens, what matters is, is how you pick yourself back up and, and continue. So adhere to it. Remain consistent as best you can. Um, remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you do fuck up, just get up. And, and just carry on walking um, perfectly fine uh, just go back to your normal deficit calories and don't try and try and fix it um, that's not going to be that's not going to work for you in the, in the long run it, it doesn't help anyone uh, but yeah I'd say I'd say those are the important things uh, also just remember uh, focus on your diet it is very important but training is just as crucial so make sure you're just getting in the um, 
the, the training you need to and just in general piece of advice for April, anyone really whether you want to get lean or not doesn't matter uh, just for your own health and peace of mind um, just try and incorporate some form of exercise whatever it may be you might be running walking skipping uh, jumping dancing going to the gym whatever it is you want to do um, just, just incorporate at least 15 to 20 minutes on a daily uh, for your own body and mind and I promise you uh, in the long term for longevity you'll find it is very beneficial 100% solid advice a lot of knowledge dropped a lot of information hopefully a lot of takeaways as well thank you Akib always a pleasure having you on I'm sure we'll have you back on again at some point in the future yeah man uh, thank you this has been great Um, it's always an honour man always pleasure's all mine and if you guys have enjoyed today's episode then please make sure to listen to the next podcast to find out what's up and what's next